Kia ora koutou uh, Welcome back to Navigating with Tanifa with Luke So on this episode We're actually going to be talking about what uh, Probation work is And what the sentences are What it is to be on Sentence Sort of, sort of what it is in coming in and working with us um, Because there is A lot of sentences in New Zealand Um and they do actually sort of have a tier system when it comes to what sentence you'd be released onto in regards to um, types of risk or stuff like that when we're actually assessing all of that. Um, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get somebody with high risk or violent or sexual offending or something on some of the lower tiers. At the end of the day, it is up to the judge. Um, but we do have a bunch of sentences that are in New Zealand that a lot of countries might not actually have. Um, and they do range quite a bit as well in terms of length. You know, some can be for as short as a couple of months to, you know, life imprisonment. So it's good to understand what that actually looks like here because... We do have a different system than most countries, um, and probation doesn't go on for, you know, five, six, ten, twenty years, uh, unless you're on life, um, but otherwise, there is a sentencing date at the end of the day. <coughs> so what, what, what are those? So what, what most people know is community work is you can actually be sentenced up to like 400 hours on that. You know, it's... And that, that can be for almost anything. Um, driving convictions. Um, seeing some people with breaches. Um, evading police. Or all sorts of stuff. Um, but, you know, community work is, is a good thing. It is what a lot of people can actually convert their fines. So... You know, say you have $600 in fines, you don't have the money to pay for it, you can actually convert that into um, community work hours through the courts. So that, that's a good thing if you can't afford to pay your, your fines, get back to the community in that way. Um, and that can be anywhere from churches or other religious places, um, cleaning up the streets to uh, pick up rubbish, clean up tagging, um, helping out volunteering in certain shops and businesses um community work is a really good thing and it does help the community immensely and then from community work we go into our sentences and these can be community-based directly from court or they can be released from prison into the community so we got our first one which is supervision which is up to a year um and Basically, it's, it's sort of the same like all the others. You, you come in, you report in, you talk to us. Um, there are less restrictions around travel and supervision. Um, but you do have to report in, so you can't just disappear for three months overseas without talking to us first, because then you can get breached and you'll probably be arrested when you come back into the country. Um, but... 
Yeah, that supervision. Next is intensive supervision. So this is everything moving forward here basically has a lot of restrictions around movement, around travel, um, where you can and cannot live, um, letting us know your place of business. Intensive supervision can go up to two years. Um, and you can just also be put on a GPS anklet. You can also have curfews on this one. Um, for the right reason, it's called intensive supervision. And part of this one that's different from supervision is you have to be in every single week for the first three months. Um, there, there's, you just have to come in and see us. Uh, moving up is our electronic sentences, which is community detention. So this one is um, basically like a nighttime curfew. could be a daytime curfew. could be all weekend, depending on the crime that you commit. And then you got home D, so home detention. Uh, home detention can mean that basically you're, you're locked down 24-7. There's no getting out of that. Um, and we'll go a bit more into that as well. And then from home detention... Uh, sorry, community detention is up to six months. Home detention is up to two years. Once you come off home detention, you're still on sentence. So you actually get released onto post-detention conditions, which can be up to the same amount as your home D. So that's something to remember as well. Um, then you got your prison sentences. So once you're released from prison, you come out on released on conditions, which is basically anyone that is sentenced to imprisonment under two years, you get released onto released on conditions. So, on released on conditions, they can go up for as long as um, your imprisonment is set for, plus six months on top of that. So, let's say you get sentenced to uh, 22 months imprisonment, you serve four months you get released, um, so you serve, you come out on, you come out on 18 months released on conditions, or actually you can come out on even more than that with another six months on top of that. Um, then we come on to parole, so it's anybody sentenced to over two years imprisonment, and the imprisonment, your parole date is again set at the end of your imprisonment date. Let's say you get sentenced to five years in prison. Uh, imprisonment you come out after say three years you could be on parole for two and a half years um, and it's just the same as all the others heavy restrictions you can be on like curfew you can be not allowed to go into certain areas or even whole parts of the country um, you can be recalled at any time when you're on parole um as long as it's within that imprisonment date. That's the thing about it. And I'll go on to that in another episode. About what it is that parole is. And how that actually looks. From parole we got. Uh, on from there is what's called. Return offenders order. So these are guys that are. Have been sentenced overseas. And come back into New Zealand. And the length of time. Can vary. Um, depending on the conviction that they had overseas but it's around about two years as well um and then from there we go on to our higher orders these guys are usually multiple victims um these are the sex offenders um 
multiple victim, victims, multiple conviction dates. This is called the Extended Supervision Order, or the ESO. So the ESO is up to 10 years, and it can be applied for multiple times, and you can actually have it multiple times. So if the risk of this person is not reduced um, during that 10 years that they're on sentence, remember they could be sentenced to two years, three years, five, seven, or 10, um, or even a mixture in between all sorts. So it's it's a very restrictive one, and it, we, we monitor them very, very carefully given the risk because they're, they're the highest risk that we have in um, and that so not not having any contact with children under the age of 16 um, whereabouts movements all that sort of stuff is monitored and then you got some people on the extended supervision order the ESO who actually have um, multiple multiple violent offending um, they're just at that risk that they need to be monitored um, while they while they're sent back to the community because they're um, imprisonment sentence has end, ended as well as their parole or re- released on conditions order. So they can also be on that. I'll go in detail into that in another episode as well. So um, then you've got your lifers. So in New Zealand, when you commit murder, um, you can be sentenced to life imprisonment. So life is not like you see in the States where you will never get out of prison. It is for some. However, there are those that are sentenced to life and they've been in for 20, 30, 40 years. They come out um, and they will be on sentence on life parole for the rest of their life. They're never getting off it. Um, Basically, they're married to us without even wanting to. So, you know, I've heard a lot of guys say that um, I'm married to the system. I'm on life. So I just got to deal with it. You know, and a lot of guys actually have a pretty good uh, sense of humor about it. Um, not that they've committed the crime. A lot of the guys that I worked with are very remorseful and sorry that they did commit murder and the things that they did. Um, but if they just see the, the that they're going to be on sentence for life, the depression, everything starts to set and they get really, really in a bad place. So that's, you know, they've got to look at some of the positives in it. Um, and then you got is what's called preventative detention. It's not common anymore. Um, basically, it's life for sex offenders. Um, so those that have committed some multiple sexual offences, um, convicted of them, they could be sentenced to life through preventative detention. So those are um, sentences that we have in New Zealand. I believe there's about 10 of them, um, and as I said, they can vary, so um, parole, yeah, they can go from a couple of months, depending on, uh, usually six months after their set imprisonment date ends, all the way to life, so it's, it's very different, and the main thing to remember is Whichever one you are sentenced to or that you know someone that's on, it's actually a good idea to actually talk to us because um, there's a lot of stuff in that because being on sentence, when you're given your papers, I mean, 
there's a lot of legal jargon in there, um, especially around standard conditions, which is um, part of the Sentencing Act. So if you actually want to learn more about that, you can actually go online and look at the Sentencing Act 2002 for New Zealand, and we actually have all of them in there. Um, and then if you're looking at the imprisonment ones, you can look at the Parole Act, and that'll actually have all the standard conditions and stuff in there as well. So um, the, every single sentence has a, has a standard condition. Standard condition, sorry. Many of them are pretty much the same. Um, you move to another area, let us know. Um, you got to let us know your place and type of employment. Um, got to report in within 72 hours, unless you're on curfew ones. So that's that community detention and home detention. You got to be in within 24 hours. Um, and, you know, stuff like if you're given directions not to re reside at an address or not to work somewhere, not to associate with somebody, um, to do programs, to getting your picture taken, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the standard conditions and then there are special conditions on top of that. So the standard conditions ensure that your order or your sentence is being maintained and you know looked at and kept in order and then you got stuff like uh the special conditions and <laughs> yeah they they can vary quite quite a bit really um so special conditions are set by either the court for the community-based sentences or by the New Zealand Parole Board for the parole sentences parole order sorry um oh, and the extended supervision order but yeah they, they can vary quite a bit from um you know no alcohol and drugs to have to live somewhere specifically to not offering violence to um curfews businesses uh employment, uh, programs, there are a lot of programs that we do, so the, the main thing is if you do have special conditions, which 95, 98% of the time most people do, um, and you don't really understand them or you have questions about them, the best thing you can do is you can talk to your lawyer and you can also talk to your probation officer. Um, they will help you gain an understanding of what special conditions actually are and how to best work within those because there is a lot that can be done within that. So let's say you get an alcohol and drug program for your sentence and there are multiple alcohol and drug programs here in Auckland. Um, let alone the rest of Aotearoa, New Zealand. So, you know, you might actually be attending one already, or you might be going to AA or NA, um, or you might be going to a different program that is around alcohol and drugs, and you're getting that support that you need and that you're looking at. So what that means is have a talk to us to see if that... Um, program or that course that you're currently on does meet the requirements for that special condition because some don't because they're not they might have 
alcohol and drug parts to the course, but it's not a specific alcohol and drug course. And that's what we're talking about there. Um, just like with um, violence programs, anger management, counseling, um, budgeting, gambling, all, all sorts of stuff. So if you're unsure, best thing to do is talk to your probation officer to gain a better understanding about that. And that's why we're here. We're here to actually talk to you. We're here to actually help you to gain some understanding, help to gain some support to understand what's going on with that sort of stuff. So, you know, I really do just come and talk to us. Um, it's a good thing to do so. And I know a lot of people saying, you know, don't talk to your probation officer, don't talk to your PO. Um, the more we know, the more we can help. Because what it comes down to is we get people that come in and, you know, guys don't want to talk to us at all. I, I get that. We're, we're not a popular branch. We're not a popular department. People don't like us. We we know that. We understand that. And we're, it's, it's part of being a probation officer. Um, but at the end of the day, we cannot help you if you don't come and talk to us or if one of your family members are on sentence and they don't come and talk to us either, then we can't, actually, we can't have those conversations with them around what your alcohol and drug use looks like, when did you start using, why are you using, um, are you using because of social setting, or are you using to get high just for the sake of it, or are you actually using to actually get through the day and get normality in there? Um, because of continued drug use and everything that's going on with addiction. So come and talk to us. Let us know what's going on. Let us know the struggles. We have people that can help. So we have those drug and alcohol programs, anger management, all that sort of stuff. But we also have um, counsellors. We have mental health support. You know, we want to be able to support people the best we can as well as monitoring risk, um, because we know that there are a lot of triggers throughout your life and throughout our lives as well, that you need that ongoing support, that ongoing help, that ongoing engagement, and if it's if we're not told about it, there's nothing we can do to help. So I really do encourage you to come and talk to us. If you don't feel comfortable talking to a probation officer that you have, Talk to a different one. Ask for a different one. Talk to a manager. You know, tell them what's going on. Just have that cordial, have that talk, have those conversations so that we can really understand what's going on and get down to the nitty gritty stuff and actually find out how we can support you and support others. So part of it at the end of the day is how we can work with you and work with your whānau, so family, um, and what that looks like is different for everybody. So if I say you have somebody on supervision, they're involved in gangs, drug use, and then I've got somebody on parole, also involved in gangs and drug use, what they're going through is going to be completely different than the other. There might be stuff that is similar to them, like the um the types of drugs they're using or um that they're involved with gangs or or stuff like that but at the end of the day they're two completely different people 
and no two people are the same when it comes to this so we have to see what is actually going on why that's happening what led to it um and how what we can do to support and help you in your journey to rehabilitation so the so next part i want to go over is what it actually looks like in regards to risk management because i, I know a lot of people are probably thinking you know, you're just focusing all on rehabilitation and everything like that. And, you know, where's, where's the risk management? Well, the entire time we're managing someone, we are assessing risk. We are assessing what that risk actually looks like, what it's going to do to somebody, what they're going to do to themselves, what's the potential risk towards victims, um, and how that can be assessed and what that actually looks like moving forward. So what you get there is how risk can be used with rehabilitation. Now, everyone that comes in is assessed from low to high risk. And that is, as I said, dependent on their offending. So what they're convicted for, what the type of convictions are, um the length of their offending, the degree of their offending. Um, so it's assessed on the harm that they do and the the likelihood of reoffending. So if we have somebody who is high risk, basically we're looking at it and saying that in the next week there's a high possibility or high chance of them going and committing a crime um, or committing some sort of offending in some way rather than someone who's low risk and possesses a low risk of reoffending so they're not just going to go out the door and and do something and we look at that offending and see what the needs are in regards to rehabilitation as well so let's say we've got someone who's high risk um they're using meth um they're in for for theft um, to feed their habit because they just want to be normal because that's what the myth has done to them. So what we look at is the risk factor towards where they're stealing because they're not just stealing from every shop that they find. They're usually stealing from specific shops um, and what those shops actually are and where they are, and what the triggers are towards their meth use that happened in the past that led them to a significant use today. So what we're looking at is how we can rehabilitate them to reduce their risk of relapse and continued use of methamphetamine, which then reduces the risk towards um, offending and theft, which... Again, it's different for everyone, but we we got to understand that um, at the end of the day, if the meth use continues and they're out there stealing again, breaches do happen, new charges happen again, and they could go from a supervision to an imprisonment sentence. Um, so managing that risk means that, yes, we do breach people, we do recall them, um, 
we do weigh up the options around whether breaching them or sending them back to prison is actually going to be beneficial for them and their whanau, or even if it is going to be detrimental to them, the risks of them staying in the community outweigh the benefits, especially around victim contact, um, harm to harm to others, harm to themselves, that you know they might be full-time employed, they might be going to programs, they might be doing all this amazing stuff, but they've just got, you know, multiple convictions, uh, sorry, charges, not convictions. Convictions means you have been sentenced at court and been found guilty. Um, charges of violence or drugs. Um, you've got police investigations going on. And you you got victims now. So even though you've got all these positive things happening, the risk is still there and the risk is there that we have to breach or recall you. So that that's part of it. Um, and at the end, as part of it, we do, as I said, we do look at rehabilitation, how we can rehabilitate, rehabilitate this person and engage with them to reduce their risk and support their whanau, their friends, their kids, their, their mokos, their grandchildren, um, all these people in it. So it's... It is a balance, and unfortunately, you know, we don't always get it right, but that's why we have um, management and practice leaders and support to actually gain more and more understanding and better support so that we're not isolated or making decisions on our own. We're making decisions as a collective within our, our work group to support each other to make sure that this person um, needs a met so we can they can meet the rehabilitation um, and that we are maintaining their sentence around risk, um, whether that be warning letters, whether it be increasing reportings or uh, breach or recall. So hopefully that gave everybody a bit of insight. I know it can feel like a bit rambling on sometimes, but um, as I said, there is a lot to go over with that. So I hope that that helped a bit more. And what we'll do is later on, some other time, we'll, We'll go over more stuff um, around the sentences, but um, come back next week and we're actually going to look at what programs are. So what they are, where to go, how how we manage them, um, everything to do with that sort of stuff and how they could actually be a bit different here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and how we can support people in them. So um, Kakite, it was great having you here. See you back next week and uh, may God bless you. Take care.